What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Weekly Thoughts. This is our second episode, and we're back for some more thoughts. Um, I'm Julia Beeler, and here today we also have... Noah Wyatt. Kevin Buzo. Nick Roberts. And unfortunately, our dear friend Lexi is uh, out sick, so she won't be joining us. But anyways... Uh, okay, so this week our topic or question is how does technology and modernization influence the development of collective and individual identity? So we're just gonna we're gonna jump into that soon, but first we're just gonna do some overviews of our books, starting with our, the second section of our reading. So first, I just wanted to start talking about Into the Wild, and in this part of the book, it's we already know that Chris McCandless unfortunately died and didn't make it. And it goes in to talk about how many people, different people criticized him after his death and just didn't believe at all in what he did and thought he was dumb for just leaving behind everything. And then it goes in to talk about a lot of different men that tried journeys such as Chris, such as Rosalini who wanted to see if he could live without technology. And he did... Ten, a 10 year experiment on this seeing if it was even possible um, and he ended up stabbing himself by putting a knife through his heart and no one really knows exactly the reason because he didn't leave anything behind but it seems to be that it just became too much and like it, we came to the conclusion that you really can't live without modern technology at some point you're going to need it whether it's just a phone or some type of light just it's so hard to live without it when we've become so dependent on it and then so it just talks about that and then a guy named John Waterman who plummets to his death after going on a backpacking trip another guy Mick Cunn is his last name and he forgot to have the pilot pick him up and he passed away and with all these guys if they had a source of technology or anything they could have made it because a simple SOS or phone or something like that could have saved their lives and gotten someone to come save them. Um, and then talks about how McCandless lasted 113 days, which is a really long time if you think about it. And all the critics kind of overlook that and don't understand that he didn't just fail right away. He actually was out there for a really long time. Um, and then more so at the end, it goes in to talk about how Chris, Chris's identity was really hard to find because he gave it all up. So the police had a really hard time, um, figuring out where he came from, who his family was, and ended up finding his old, older step sibling who then contacted his parents. And after months and months, they finally got back to Chris's real parents. And then at the end, the author uses one of his own real-life stories of when he went on a, a backpacking trip, and he almost died. He was freezing and starving, but thankfully he made it out alive. So, yeah. Now Kevin is going to continue talking about it. So, back to what Julia was saying about how he was criticized for going out into the wild on his own. A lot of people didn't think it was the right thing to do because he 
just went out without telling anybody, without giving any hints of what he was doing. And people thought that that wasn't good because the family and all of his friends were scared for his life and they didn't know what was going to happen next if they were just going to turn up with a, somebody telling them that their son had died. And nobody had wanted that, and so they were all scared and searching for him. But Chris wanted to just go out on his own, leave society behind, and find himself and do what he wanted. And I think that's about how just living well is different to each and every person. Like, you can, one person's living well concept is different from another's. And while one person may consider it to be bad and not fun and just completely horrible, another man may consider it to be the best thing in the world. And that's what living well is to some people. Okay, in the book Tribe, the author Sebastian Junger, he pretty much gives an example of a bunch of like short stories um, and real-life examples. So for an example, he talks about... Um, talks about war vets coming back from uh the war and a high percentage of them have ptsd and they start uh wishing in a sense that they were back in the war because they were so used to sleeping with others like in their in their same um their same unit and back home they only had themselves really to sleep with so it was a sense of longing for them to go back into the war uh and he also talked about natural disasters and what happens to the people when a natural disaster strikes such as like an earthquake and how people uh somewhat band together and all forms of uh like class and wealth and society are pretty much gone uh until you know modern technology is there to rescue them uh he also talks about miners who got caught in a shaft and the difference of identities, so like collective and individual, the leaders sort of sprung up and took control and were able to save the group. Uh, rather than the people who weren't really leaders, they just kind of followed and did to keep themselves alive. So it was just a bunch of uh, short stories telling about how um, modernization and technology affect people. So in the second uh, section of Blink by Malcolm Gladwell, it, there's a ton of information to go over, but I'm just going to go over the highlights. So basically, it starts off with a uh, opening intro about a Vietnam veteran who was a highly respected general and how he ran his unit, and he was very good at it, and he was just well-known as this all-around good guy who was very intense and good at what he did. So the Pentagon and the government decided to run a test to see how well their newest uh, systems in fighting battles and wars would stand up against his own way of being a general and working with as little information as possible. They set up two teams, the red team and the blue team. The red team is the general's team, and his name is uh, Rip Van, which is kind of an awesome name. But anyways, so he has his own team with uh, special units and everything, and they're given very little information. And... They're just set up to basically react to whatever the blue team throws at them. And the blue team is essentially a team given a ton of information and they know everything and they just know exactly what's going on. So during this test, uh, it goes on over a pretty long period of time and they find that the red team is actually just destroying the blue team, which was completely unexpected because the blue team obviously had a ton of information and knew what was going on. 
but the red team still was uh, in the moment and just reacting to whatever the blue team was throwing at them. And basically the point that Malcolm Gladwell is trying to uh, make is that with little information, you are more in the moment and you understand what's going on and you tend to react better than having a ton of information and all that extra information is distracting you. Then the book takes a uh, slightly different turn, which is a little unexpected, but it kind of dives into uh, racism a little bit. So it opens up with uh, this next section asking you to like combine terms with uh, different uh, races, essentially. And it's, it's almost weird because you don't expect yourself to really understand what's going on. But then Malcolm Gladwell talks a little bit more, and then he explains that there's an online website that essentially shows you how subconsciously racist you are which it it's kind of terrifying because it it really is an eye-opening uh website that shows you how society has kind of pushed this uh this idea that white people are like superior to black people and like the whole computer system thing is terrifying in the way it works and it really is an eye-opener, even though the book is called Blink, which I thought was uh, pretty funny. And yeah, and then it pretty much wraps up there with uh, how technology is now starting to change the way people even like interpret other humans and how they view as good and bad and yeah. Anyways, <laughs> so now just to repeat our question of the week is how does technology and modernization influence the development of collective and individual identity? And first we're going to start off by just asking a question about that. So, <laughs> okay, sorry, Ms. Helmer, I'm just going to let you know right now, like people are walking <laughs> I'm just going to pause it. Okay, so <laughs> we had some technical <coughs> difficulties again, just like last time. But, you know, it's okay. We're still here. We're st- <laughs> it's just, it's okay. We're fine. We're moving on. So I'm just going to say that again. But basically, our question is, how does technology and modernization influence the development of collective and individual identity? And obviously, there's multiple different ways that scene but one way is that I think it makes us act a lot more fake because we use technology to hide behind our true selves like looking through Instagram or anything like that we just think oh I can be one person on Instagram and and not that same person in real life and it makes you like looking through Instagram, if you don't know the person, you could think, wow, this person has a perfect life, perfect body, perfect whatever. But in real life, that cannot be it at all. So my question is, um, why do we waste so much time being fake? So. Okay, so I think the main reason people waste all this time trying to be fake is it's that... Uh, want to fit in i'm pretty sure i said this last podcast but like it it's such a huge thing this this like innate need to be part of something it's like a human thing it's always there and it's like never gonna go away and being fake is another way of like helping you to essentially like achieve 
uh, the goal of fitting in somewhere, even though it's not even real. And then people start to tell themselves lies and like, oh, this is right. I'm okay with this. When it's like in actuality, it's it's not them. And it's like, it it kind of tears them apart, you know? Also, I just wanted to say a quote from the Digital Manipulation podcast by Guy Raz. And he just says, we're living in an era of fakeness. And I just think that's so true to this question and so true in reality because we really are. Um, So, yeah. I just wanted to go back on what Nick was saying. And I agreed with him. And I also agree in the fact that it's good to have sort of a motivation in order to better yourselves and have constant um, have a constant goal to get better and constantly improve on, you know, whether it's, you know, getting faster or getting skinnier or getting stronger or whatever. So, you know, looking at other people online could help you and be like, hey, damn, I want to I want to look like that. But it could also be kind of a, a negative because you, you don't you have to be you know happy with yourself, obviously. Um, so it kind of goes both ways. So, um. In the article, Study Technology's Effect on Society by Northern Kentucky University, it says how technology is changing fast within these last few years, and with it, it's bringing a lot of changes. And some of these changes is that it's changing our collective and individual identity. And this is because it is, um, as a collective, it is taking jobs from people by replacing people's jobs with machines that in like assembly lines that can just do the jobs for us so people go out of jobs but as individual um people like we were just talking about on social media are becoming more fake and just changing how they look themselves and how they view themselves and how they try to appear to the rest of the world I quickly wanted to mention a quote from Sherry Turkle in the TED Talk called Connect But Alone. She brought up a thing called the Goldilocks effect, which is having uh, just the right amount of you know, self-reflection, but also not caring too much about what other, what other people thought. And I just want to share it because I thought that was relevant. I want to add something to that Goldilocks effect quote. I think that's uh, something really important, but like not a lot of people are aware of it. It's kind of like a balance thing, right? how people need to balance these certain aspects of their life. And if they don't, it's going to like cause a lot of uh, self-destruction and harming to others. Uh, yeah, it's just, it's a really important thing that I think needs to be brought up a lot more in society. Okay, so to keep talking. Um, so basically our first point is just that technology and modernization influence us to be more fake and less real with ourselves and just be almost two-faced and another good point from the ruthless elimination of hurry the book by john mark comer um he talks a lot about how life isn't meant to be an unhappy struggle for time and if you really think about that where I'm really actually just going to repeat that, that there is more to life than increasing its speed and more to life than just a struggle all the time. And I really think that our identity is influenced so much by how much we use our phones instead of interacting with others and being true and real. And we just need to stop focusing on making new things all the time and focus more on on improving the issues we already have because 
we tend to just blame everyone else for our for everything honestly but at some point we need to realize technology can be used for good or bad and either way we're going to keep using them so we just need to take responsibility for ourselves and know when to stop using technology when we need to take a break if we need to delete instagram stuff like that so so yeah i just want to add that in there anyone else yeah okay um this idea of speeding up your life is actually really interesting how everyone is constantly trying to go faster 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 and make life more interesting and more fun but there's also you also need to like you also really need to think about what you're doing please excuse if there's a bathroom right next to us yeah anyways but life is like everyone's constantly like let's speed up let's go and they never really take a second to slow down there's that uh that quote i don't really know who said it first but it's like you gotta slow down and smell the roses or something <coughs> yeah yes. it's like that's that's a huge quote but i don't think people really ever take that into consideration about themselves they never genuinely stop and smell the roses yeah, yeah. um <laughs> yeah i do i do think that um by um by missing or going fast in life you know trying to get to the next you know living uh day to day to day you know i gotta get this done at five thirty. i gotta get this done at seven thirty. it really makes you lose sort of the the happiness in life because you miss all those little good moments by taking your time and you know just kind of taking the whole world in and you're just like you, you notice all the little things that would you know make you happier rather than going uh date to date you know i gotta do all these i have all these meetings i have all these plans so you know you gotta take a couple a couple of hours of a day to, to have some time to yourself and just think that's Okay, so I'm going to bring up a new question here from a DNA video we watched. So it brings up how technology is so advanced that soon uh, society might be able to start changing people's DNA before they're born, essentially making designer babies. And so the question I have for you guys is, are designer babies moral for like humanity and society as a whole? I think that if that were to happen, designer babies would be a terrible thing because you know, having your own child is kind of, you know, a joy in itself because you're like, oh, what is he or she going to turn out to be? You know, is he going to be a, a good person, a bad person? How is he going to believe? Is he going to be able to believe in this or that? So it pretty much takes all the surprise out of it. And you'll, you'll there'll be people who ultimately want to create the perfect baby, the one that, you know, doesn't cry, but it, it's not going to be a baby. It's going to be something that you created. So it's not going to live its life to the fullest. So like with those genetically created babies, it'll influence a collective identities by them because we all know that if that were to happen people would classify them as a whole different like race of people and just eventually in time it'll become a whole different time like the 60s again and we'd have to have some civil rights movement for and nobody wants that but I just don't think that it would be a good idea because of the ethics of it and the morals and just it would be bad for the people that are being genetically modified themselves so if designer babies were to be introduced in society honestly i think there would just be a huge tear in like the world because people will be freaking out there's like these perfectly perfectly like modified humans who are living among us and everyone else is just normal 
and like that would cause people to freak out like that it's insane to think that these people are living literally a perfect life just because they got a head start as a baby that'll cause huge outrage from the people that can't actually like wouldn't have access to the dna modifications just thinking about the repercussions from that is terrifying all right so going off of that i agree with everyone else in the group that it's a terrible idea and i really hope it never happens but if it did it would definitely influence their collective identities because they'd be grouped together and also everyone else's individual identities because then I do think we would become more self-conscious or just more like oh wow I wish I could be more like them if we don't already do that enough um so yeah to go off that uh do you guys think that if we continue in this direction of social media and new technology all the time could everything else become falsified Meaning, could everything we do just become a series of being fake all the time? Yeah, 100%. Like, people would just try to make their lives look perfect and do everything they can to be this perfect person. And it would kind of just, everyone would try to fit under this collective identity of, oh, we're all perfect, so we're better than you. But everyone else is also trying to be <coughs> perfect. So it it'll just it won't help anybody at all because everyone's trying to be perfect, but in actuality, nobody's perfect. Yeah, if uh, technology advances that way, it'll, it'll, be, a, it'll be a downside because um, the more you know, advanced te- technology gets, I'm sure there'll be more you know, uh, body um, manipulation available that you could do. You know, right now, you can get like plastic surgery and everything like that. But I think in the future, you can do even more to make yourself look more ideal in your eye but that ruins the whole sense of individualism you know being yourself and accepting who you are and growing off of that so it would it would kind of it would take away from you you as a whole all right and totally agree with everything everyone said and also just to relate all this back to all of our books i think from each book into the wild tribe blink and even what made Maddie run. Um, just this whole thing of identity is so prevalent, identity and technology. But at some point, I think we need to realize, especially from Into the Wild, that technology does save a lot of people's lives because <coughs> all these guys in Into the Wild, especially Chris, if they had technology, if they had someone else with them, they they would still be here today or they could still be here today, which is crazy to think about just from one phone or one call. Um, they could all still be here living their lives and just relating to everyone else's book. I want to ask why does technology influence how much we view ourselves so much? So technology is influencing how everyone views themselves because of something, uh, was said earlier is that like plastic surgery and everything is like that is uh making people look perfect and better than an image that they want to be seen in and now everyone's just trying to achieve another that idea of like perfect image i want to be this this is what everyone else is like striving for but i can be better than them and it's causing i guess this uh false identity or not false identity false uh idea that being perfect is making your life better but in actuality, 
it's causing self-harm and not like you're not you're not being accepting of yourself you're uh you're pushing away what you were given and trying to take things which are not yours yeah and going off that i think um there's an increase of like uh celebrities who are getting um manipulations to their face and body and they're posting all about it on Instagram and other social medias and people their millions of followers all see that and the people who follow them generally you know that's their role model so if they're you know manipulating their body their followers you know they're gonna have a more desire to do that and be more like the people that they idolize in a sense um so this is this could be very harmful because then you just lose like I said you just lose track of yourself and you lose track of identity as a whole and you just become someone completely different that's why like with Chris, he abandoned all of his, both his collective and individual identities, and I think that, as we probably said last week in last week's podcast, um, it would be good to just take a step back from everything and just abandon social media for a little bit, and just look at everything and make sure that you are yourself and that you're not just trying to make yourself perfect like your role model because that role model may not be perfect themselves but you just not be maybe you just may not be able to see it yeah and on that point uh, in the book tribe i'll bring up the example of when i was talking about natural disasters uh the author is talking about an earthquake which happened in an area that i forgot but a bunch of the survivors were um after the earthquake they were just kind of all there, and they are thinking of ways to survive. And in that place, there was a big uh, emphasis on class structure. And uh, if you had the most money, you would be at the top and the most prioritized. And if you are at the bottom, you had the least amount of money. But as soon as all of uh, as soon as the earthquake happened, all of the classes just got shattered and... Excuse the bathroom again. Uh, but I'll wait a second. Okay, but... Uh, as soon as the earthquake happened, all of the classes got wiped out, and there was just pretty much people fighting to survive. Um, and it was that it was like that way until a couple of days later, when the helicopter, or that symbolizes modern modernization, came to uh, save them, and then classes were restored. So, technology and modernization pretty much destroys it. It um it keeps a rigid social structure, and it separates people from who, what they could truly be in a collective identity. Alright, so for our last kind of point, I just want to say something from the TED Talk by Sherry Dunkel. Um, A few (coughs) quotes she says are, we're lonely but afraid of intimacy. Um, Phones give us attention and help us not feel alone, and being alone feels like a problem that needs to be solved. I thought this was important because we all complain, oh, I'm lonely, or I need a boyfriend, or girlfriend or whatever the heck it is yet we are literally hiding behind our phone screens won't go talk to people won't get out of our comfort zones because we're just so afraid of what everyone's gonna say yet we when hiding behind our phones we get that false attention like oh this person's texting me or oh i'm watching this video i feel like i'm with them something like that and it's so true that being alone feels like a problem that needs to be solved because so many people struggle with image and all that, and a lot of it relates back to social media and, unfortunately, cyberbullying or just literally spending so much of your day looking through Instagram 
being like, wow, I wish I could be this person. I wish I could be this model or this friend is so perfect. I wish I had that life. I want to go to these places and we could go on forever about that. But basically, our identity is so important. And so I just wanted to talk about ways that we can stop that and ways that we can just take a break. And personally, I think that if you just unfollow those models, unfollow those people that you wish you could look like, because honestly, it's not helping us at all. Or just take some time to tell yourself some good things about you and just be positive towards yourself. Or maybe just step out of your, outside of your comfort zone and go talk to that person you want to. And this all sounds pretty cliche, but if we actually took the time to do these things, our lives would be so different. For example, from Into the Wild, Chris, he, even though he drastically did this, he went into the wild and just decided to do everything on his own and be who he really felt he needed to be instead of worrying what everyone else thought. So So going back to what we were saying earlier about abandoning identities, I have a question and it's, would you prefer to have no collective or individual identity? And I think I'd prefer to abandon the collective identity because your individual identity is who you are as a person. It's who you've been since day one when you were born and it's just basically what makes you up as a person and if you abandon that then you really have no identity anymore it's just what people view view you as and what you want them to see not who you are this is actually a a pretty good question because i think collective identity is kind of uh it's kind of just something that gets in the way because personally individual identity is more something that matters more than collective identity because if you think about it collective identity is just it's almost how everyone else kind of views you because that's where you fit in and all of that and that's where you are and that's how kind of where you belong but individual identity is you it's the identity that you see yourself as and how you portray your entire life and like honestly it's it's kind of just individual identity is more important than collective identity so having just individual identity would make people, I guess, more confident in themselves and be able to do more and feel better about themselves. All right. So we've talked about a lot of different stuff, all based on technology and modernization and how it influences us and our identities. Um, we talked about our books and how from each book, again, Into the Wild, Tribe, Blink, um, how much technology influences that and influences people to do some crazy stuff, go out into the wild, go out wherever, or just change the way society is because we're so stuck in just a false place and a false world. But yeah, basically, technology and modernization influence us in so many different ways, whether it's babies and (laughs) freaking what is it called designer babies (laughs) and that or just our image or being alone and all these different things so yeah technology has its bad things but even though we're talking more about the negatives it still is good and still does help save save people's lives from 911 calls to hospitals and all the technology in that so so yeah that was our episode number two we had a few uh interruptions but thanks for joining us bye bye, bye. <laughs>